0: The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumpaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to the underground. The Steel City Underground. The black and gold standard for Pittsburgh Steelers coverage. Now, here's your host joe kuzma hello everyone and welcome to another edition of the steel city underground podcast my name is joe kuzma and today we have a special guest from the la football podcast on the la football network and part of the believe podcast network representing the rams and a few other teams over there in uh, the city of angels uh, i'd like to introduce ryan DiRude. ryan how you doing today
1: What's up, Joe? Uh doing good. I appreciate you having me on. Uh always an honor to come on these shows. So, so thanks for having me. Excited to talk some balls. We should have a, a great game here on, on Sunday. So excited to get into it.
0: Yeah, yeah. Sunday Steelers coming off bye. Week six bye. Going to their three and two facing the three and three Los Angeles Rams in LA, a uh in the four o'clock Eastern time window, the later slates for folks who mm-hmm. are gonna be watching at home. So, uh, first of all, Ryan, uh, just tell us a little bit about yourself. You kind of cover all things LA football.
1: Yeah, yeah. We uh, so started the LA football network. Uh, I guess it's been about three and a half years now. Uh, covering Rams, obviously. Could we cover the Chargers? And then we cover the uh, USC Trojans and UCLA Bruins. I was actually just out in South Bend last weekend for the USC Notre Dame game. Uh, not a great game for USC, but a, a great experience uh, out there at Notre Dame. So. Um, but yeah, I live here in L.A. I've been here about 15 years, like like most Angelinos, a transplant and um, just love football and thought this city needed a little better coverage for the L.A. teams, So that's what we try to provide. So that's a very brief background of me. But hey, that's what we're all about.
0: No, no. Very cool. Put out your credentials there. You can do it better than I can. Uh, I'm just a, <laughs> I'm just a guy with a bunch of Steelers stuff here. But there that will kind of cross over because I have a few questions that I'll ask as we kind of dig into some of the storylines for this upcoming game. Um, just, uh, your general impressions on the Los Angeles Rams, uh, so far this season, three and three, is that about where you expected them? And what w- I know some critics thought they would be kind of like a basement dweller maybe mm-hmm. in the NFC West, or did you uh, have higher, maybe aspirations for this team for 2023?
1: So the overall consensus, we're actually, you know, we have insurance being made here at the LA football network that say better than expected, because I think that's the <laughs> theme of the year is better than expected. When you looked at this roster, teardown of the off season and just how competitive they've been able to be. And, you know, even the games that they've lost, they've had opportunities to win those, every one of those games. And I know we'll get into, you know, more schematically probably and, and matchups, but defensively they've played way better than expected. When you look at outside of Aaron Donald and then probably Ernest Jones and Jordan Fuller. I mean, it was a very young inexperienced group and, and they've kept this team in every single game and played way above their means, I guess, in terms of talent regression. So, you know, I think three and three is a good spot for them. I was, much more optimistic than the consensus. I thought because of the landscape of the NFC, because of the quarterback of the NFC, I'm very high on Matthew Stafford. I know there was concerns about his injury, but everything we were told in the off season and, and all the covers that we provided was he was a hundred percent go. And if he's a hundred percent go to me, he's a top, quarterback in the NFC when you look at the landscape there. So I always thought this team was a potential playoff team just because of what the NFC looks like, because of what the division looks like. And I think they're proving that. And, you know, there's still a long way to go. There's still a 500 team, um, but they're well coached. They're competitive. You know, they, they have a new fire they didn't have last year in that kind of dumpster fire of a season. So um, but I think three and three based on who they've played is a good spot. And now they got to kind of stack some wins, you know, moving forward.
0: Yeah, um, I will say as much like the Rams being at three 3-3, and three, I've always had a, a tremendous amount of respect for Matthew Stafford. I thought that was a great trade. The Steelers were still hanging on to Big Ben Roethlisberger. In his final season, when that trade was kind of made and I was like, oh man, here's a guy that's still in his early thirties. He's been slinging the ball around with some really bad Detroit lions teams. He's become available. I thought he might be available like one year later where instead maybe mm-hmm. the Steelers could have eked in instead of doing the Mitch Trubisky thing, maybe went with Stafford, maybe not had to, um, I don't want to say extend themselves because Kenny Pickett fell right in their lap. So they didn't have to kind of expend the same kind of capital as maybe the Rams did in the past for Jared Goff or, or anyone like that. But, mm-hmm. um, as I, as I say this, and we're talking about the Rams offense. Of course, Stafford has some weapons to throw to, uh, Cooper cup is back. And I'd like to hear your thoughts on how he looks alongside the rookie Puka Nakua who was catching like about a thousand balls in the first few games here, uh, leading in receptions.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's great to have Cooper. Cut back. I think he's shown that he's still one of the best receivers in football. Just in the two games being back, I mean, the outrunning is unparalleled. Route running, excuse me, is unparalleled. You know, great hands and and just the leadership he provides uh, to this offense. So um, yeah, he's been great. I think he went like seven for one hundred and fifty and a touchdown last week against Arizona. So certainly an integral part of what they want to do. And Nakua obviously has been kind of the talk of the not just the town but the nation and the NFL being a fifth round pick and and what he's been able to do. And I think, honestly, we talked about this a lot on our show. It was, and it sounds so weird to say, but it was almost better for his progression. And also this offense's progression that Cooper cup had to miss the first four weeks. And you never want a guy to get injured, especially a superstar of his caliber, but it forced the offensive play calling in Sean McVay. And it forced Matthew Stafford to create continuity, to create you know, a different reliability with other players on this roster, as opposed to just the Matthew Stafford, Cooper cup show. And so I think it was great for this offense. We saw their first week back, um, in that, you know, tough game, two weeks ago that they were both very involved, Puka Nakua and Cooper cup. Now last week that dropped a little bit, Puka still had four catches, but only 26 yards. So definitely not as involved, but I think a lot of the play design is Cooper cups always gonna be the first read. And if your first reads open, you're not gonna go off it. So I think a lot of that's just by design. Um, But it's been fun to see now that that being said, and I won't get too long winded, but the passing game still isn't firing on all cylinders yet. And I think that's what's exciting or should be exciting for Rams fans is there's still a lot of opportunity for this passing offense to get better because we see flashes of it, but it's not consistent over four quarters. There'll be, there'll be drives that stall out, or they even go three and out just trying to force things. So if they can get all on the same page, sprinkle in two, two out well in that mix as well, and get some Tyler Higby action on the tight end. You know, this is a passing offense that could, I think can be one of the most potent in the NFL. It hasn't got there yet, but it's certainly trending in the right way. And having Cooper cut back is certainly a big factor in that.
0: Yeah, well, let's not talk passing offense just yet, especially when we're talking about the Pittsburgh Steelers (laughs) still trying to kind of find their own way. I think part of this, too, with the L.A. Rams is uh, the Rams have had some pretty – um what do you want to say stout opponents to start like this season the losses have been to the 49ers the bengals those are both teams that pittsburgh fans are certainly familiar with um, haven't played the bengals yet but definitely familiar within the afc north mm-hmm. 49ers came into pittsburgh week one punched the steelers in the mouth and then the other loss was to the philadelphia eagles uh didn't really have much of a struggle with the arizona cardinals as some teams have that's been a hot and cold division opponent uh for you guys and then wins another division win it's got to be nice though doesn't it feel good the Steelers are in that same spot they have two division wins so far and it's got to mm-hmm. feel good you know when you feel like this this the deck might be stacked against you you know like in the AFC North a lot of people feel Ravens, Bengals, those are the teams that should be the front runners. Even some people put the Browns ahead, gag. Uh, you know, I don't <laughs> like that myself. But you had to feel good that, you know, the 49ers eventually dropped a game there. So that mm-hmm. kind of helps you gain some ground, try and keep up uh, some m- momentum. So um, is that three home games in a row now for the Rams? That's got to be nice. But they are facing a fresh opponent with the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Rams. um, what is it, uh, 12th in points scored where the Steelers are 30th. And then their passing game sit ranks sixth overall where the Steelers are 27th. The run game has kind of been in the middle of the pack for the Rams and the Steelers still struggling there as well as 28th. But the Rams were, are up in the middle of the pack, 17th, but maybe missing a couple of pieces here. I've been listening to the fantasy radio all week, and it's been pretty much, can you see, insert name, as far as the number, uh, for the names that are concerned with who could be in the Rams' backfield, how do you feel about this situation? Because I know, like, uh, Kyron Williams uh, was, it, did he go to AR, uh, IR, or Was it? Uh, it was the other uh, running back, Ronnie like, Rivers. Yeah, both yeah. both guys banged up. What does the running or the rushing attack look like for the L A Rams heading into Sunday?
1: Yeah. Ronnie rivers goes uh He's their backup. He goes on four week IR and, and Kyron Williams did not go on IR, but he's in a walking boot. So certainly that's not uh great to see, but at least they're saying he's, you know, week to week. So don't feel that they need to keep him out at least four. Um, you know, it's tough. Cause I think that second half was one of their best rushing performances. Uh, We've seen all year, you know, on our show, we talk probably at nauseum. Our fans probably get sick of it, but you know, Sean McVay for as great as he is for, as I think he's a top three coach in this league, phenomenal in so many aspects, great leader, but his play calling a lot of times he gets away from the run game and he'll just go away from it altogether. We see them in that Bengals game. They ran the ball 14 times in that Eagles loss. They ran the ball I think 13 times, uh, this team, when they've run the ball 25 plus times, they're three and Oh. And when they've ran it under 20 times, they're they're own three. So, I mean, it's pretty obvious. I think what they need to do on offense. Now it's going to be a little tougher, obviously this week with who they have coming in, you know, Zach Evans is a rookie. They drafted in the sixth round at Ole Miss this year. Um, he's a, he's a strong, powerful back, got some reps late in the game last week, which hopefully that spills over. Um, but obviously he's not a, a long tenured guy, Royce Freeman, who they had on the practice squad. They moved up they signed miles Gaskin off of uh, Minnesota's practice squad who we'll see if he gets reps, but obviously he's not going to know the offense at all. And then Daryl Henderson, who is a former Ram uh, hasn't played since he was cut by the Rams last November. So it's been about a year, uh, but they did resign him. So there's some familiarity, but the one caveat there is, you know, they were very zone heavy back then. they are a lot more gap heavy in the run game this season. So will he fit in that schematically um, as much as maybe he would have last year? So if any fantasy fantasy listeners are out there, I would just stay away from the Rams running back <laughs> room this week because I have no idea really who's going to get the main touches. I would lean more Zach Evans just because you know he's a rookie. He did get touches last week and um, he's been in at least the rotation somewhat throughout all six weeks. Um, but you know who's to know. So it's it's a group though they need to commit to. And against a good defensive front, the Steelers have obviously you know more than me, but it's a, it's a good unit. They may not be efficient but you still got to run the ball to keep the defense honest and allow you to open things up in that passing game. So yeah, it's, it's a, it's upsetting because it finally got going last week in that second half, but we'll see, you know, this is where, you know, you earn your salt. This is where we'll see what coach McVay and, and Michael for the offensive coordinator are able to cook up with this kind of new batch of running backs.
0: Yeah. And it's been one of the hot stories going around, um, you know, Pittsburgh in the last week or so is that the Steelers had traded guard, Kevin Dotson over to the LA Rams, uh, mm-hmm. right at the end of training camp. They just had an influx or just a, a log jam of offensive linemen. And they just, somebody was going to get cut. So they trade someone now, all of a sudden we see like the, we love and hate pro football focus rankings because we know sometimes they're just baloney. But how do you feel about that though? With Kevin Dotson having played, he didn't play the first three weeks and now he's been the starter. Yep. Um uh, just some comments on that because there's a lot of people like that are kind of out of their mind over here in Pittsburgh because they replaced Kevin Dotson with uh Isaac Soomalo who was a free agent from the Philadelphia Eagles and the Steelers are still having their struggles with the uh, with their offensive line of course whereas now you're seeing oh the guy they traded away is doing a phenomenal job for the Rams. <laughs>
1: Yeah. I mean, sticking with the the theme here, the offensive line has been much better than expected as well this year. And, and Dotson's a big part of that, you know, when it started off with the trade, obviously you want to get accoladed as well. And I, I love the trade when it happened just because they did need a little bit more depth and you know, they had Joe Nopum playing at that right guard position. And, um, and then he gets injured. And so they slide in Kevin Dotson, and he's been, I mean, he's been great. He's been one of their, their top, performers on that offensive line. And and they've had, you know, Coleman Shelton plays next to him at center. He got a little banged up two weeks ago. So they had to have Brian Allen in, but you know, he's played well within the confines. And I think having Rob Havenstein, who's, you know, the longest tenured Ram left on this team, I think that certainly helps in terms of continuity, but, uh, yeah, he's been great. And it's been a unit that has played, I'll say it again, much better than what was expected going into this year. That was like the big question mark, especially heading into week one, we still didn't know who was going to be starting left tackle. Was it going to be Joe Noteboom? Was it going to be Alaric Jackson? And then basically right before kickoff, they announced Noteboom is going to play guard. Alaric Jackson is going to be your starting left tackle for the 2023 season. And it's worked out uh, in a sense in that way. And then obviously having Dotson help. So um, yeah, thank you, Steelers. It's It's been a good one for us. And uh, you know another one, which I'm sure we'll get to, but Kella Witherspoon has been Lights oh, yeah. out on the secondary for this too. Rams team.
0: Yeah. I, I think <laughs> a lot of good. that. Yeah. And, and everyone's going to say, oh, that's coaching. Well, it's, yeah, the some degree, but it's also scheme. And yep. so you can't always say it's just coaching. It's coaching scheme is coaching, but there's different styles and different systems. That's why you see players leave different teams and then have success elsewhere or yep. otherwise have success in one spot and fail, even when they're a big prized free agent signing. So I was just curious your thoughts on that too, because Uh, They obviously upgraded when it came to Dotson. I never had anything, especially against Dotson, but like two years ago, it came out that he showed up at camp out of shape. He had an injury. He didn't really start. He was on the pup list, I believe, to start camp. So there's like a lot of harsh feelings with that as to whether or not we're talking about a guy that was like a third or a fourth round pick. He didn't go to the NFL combine. So he's been kind of a uh, Cinderella story to even to this point to be an, an NFL caliber starter. So uh, I will get to Akella Witherspoon here in a minute, but you did mention the Steelers, their defensive front. So it'll be interesting to see how that all comes in into play. I was taking a look at the Steelers um, injury reports here and really, uh, nothing really a- of to note everybody on the Steelers side has kind of nursing back to health because it was a bye week So just pulling it out and we got to mention the punter Steelers uh, part of ways with Brad wing after elevating him twice in the absence of Presley Harvin, the bye week has allowed Presley Harvin to have about three weeks of rest. Steelers should get Deontay Johnson back off of injured reserve. There was a day of rest for Patrick Peterson, Anthony McFarland, another injured reserve candidate, and also primary special teams. Player is a kick returner. You got a couple reserve players when it comes to uh Nick Herbig. Uh, he was a limited with quad. He's kind of like the fourth string edge rusher and offensive lineman. Kind of interesting situation for the Steelers when we get to them on offense is seeing how their offensive line is going to be stacked up because we see Dan Jr.'s back at practice, and there's some questions as to whether or not uh he starts over the 14th overall pick this year, first rounder rookie uh, Broderick Jones out of georgia and then james daniels who's been out for a few games as well looks to be uh back to full health as is tight end Pat firing so the steelers have been licking their wounds a little bit rams uh likewise you had a couple uh dnps that are on here for wednesday we don't have any of the participation yet they're they haven't participated in practice yet for thursday likewise the steelers are just getting underway so um ernest jones linebacker uh laurel uh murchison Defensive tackle, Kyron Williams, who we had already mentioned. Those end uh, along with um, just a day of rest for Darian Kendrick. Those were your, uh, did not participate for Wednesday. Limited Ben Skoranek, wide receiver, Kobe Turner, defensive tackle, and Joe Nopum, who you'd mentioned earlier as well, one of the offensive linemen. Doesn't seem like there's a lot of major impact guys except for Kyron Williams, who had a very good game last Sunday. Um, any of the uh, any of these kind of stick out for you? Cause it seems like it's more the Steelers side of things here where they're getting some players participating in back that are going to make more of an impact maybe than the Rams might be losing.
1: Yeah, obviously we mentioned it the Kyron Williams one is a big one and he'll be out for sure for this one. Um, and then the note boom and Jones, you know, it seems like that's every week. No boom for sure is, is limited or, or does not practice. Then he ends up being good to go for game time. Um, as he's kind of a rotational offensive lineman now, and Ed Ernest Jones was very limited last week and was able to go. So I expect him to be okay as well. The actual big one on there is Darian Kendrick, who's their starting corner and not sure how much the news has made it out that way, but he was actually arrested after the Arizona Cardinal games with two misdemeanor gun charges. And so the Rams are waiting basically for legal act. What's going to happen with him. So you know, it, it could be where he's a go, uh, this, this weekend, it could be where he misses this game and is back the next, like, we really don't know, obviously letting the legal process and respect to him and what's going on with that. So, but that is a fairly big one, you know, he's a kind of a boomer bust. DB, but he's been their starter uh, dating back to last year. He's uh, he's had very, very good games as well. So if he does not go, and if he's held out of this one, you know, you're going to look at potentially Trey Tomlinson, who was their sixth round rookie out of TCU, who's a, who's a really good corner. But you know, at five, nine, like, is he going to match up against a uh, George Pickens who's much bigger? Is he going to go up against uh Deontay Johnson or, or what? And, and one thing with him through camp was a, he's a very physical corner. And in college, you can get away with that. And the pros, you're going to get flagged every time. So that's something to watch for is if the rookie gets the start and, uh, and what they do in that position, if Kendrick's not a go. So, you know, they just added Duke Shelley as well from, uh, from the practice squad. So, so that actually is a pretty fairly significant position to kind of look out for of what they do there, basically to line up on the other side of a Witherspoon, uh, come Sunday
0: yeah uh very important to go through the injury reports uh i'm thinking the same thing when i look at i got i got puka's numbers he's he's 50 receptions uh, but The most by a rookie Wild. in six games ever in their first six games Wild. ever in 598 receiving yards. Also most by a rookie in a Super Bowl era, five plus catches of at least five plus receiving yards in five of his first six career games. And you put him right alongside Cooper Cup, who had seven uh, receptions for a buck 48 in a touchdown last week. So that seems like a handful for the Steelers to maybe keep up with. We're going to see. Uh, We believe here, one of the main things that happened when they last played against the Baltimore Ravens at home was playing Joey Porter Jr., their second round pick, but the 32nd pick overall in this year's draft, he pretty much was in for the entire time in the secondary for the second half, and they kind of had Patrick Peterson floating around as more of one of their big corners, uh, marking up on Mark Andrews and left Levi Wallace on the other side. But... Tall task with Nakua and Cooper Cup for either a Porter or Wallace.
1: Lucky Land Casino asking
0: people, "What's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky?" Lucky in line at the deli, I guess.
1: Ah, in my dentist's office.
0: Porter, kind of in the same category, very physical guy. He hasn't been flagged much yet, which was kind of the knocks. They were going to say, hey, this guy at the pro level is going to have to watch being too handsy. So we'll see how that uh, plays out in this game. I think, though, we're going to have to flip over now to when uh, the Rams or when the Steelers have the football and you kind of hinted to it. That's a familiar name, former Pittsburgh Steeler, Akilah Weatherspoon, playing uh, pretty solid. I can't really peg what the deal was. I think it was more or less the Steelers knew by signing Peterson, and also draft. They knew they were going to draft or they were drafting Joey Porter Jr. That there really wasn't a spot for Witherspoon. Same thing kind of happened in the nickel corner uh, position with the Steelers with Arthur Millett. They kind of uh, they they kind of parted ways with everybody. Cam Sutton was a free agent went over to the Detroit Lions. So they're still trying to find their way. They're going to have their hands full. When you get somebody that's a legit wide receiver one, like Devontae Adams just ran around and did whatever he wanted to. I could see Cooper Cup kind of having the same way uh, with them as well. Whether or not George Pickens and Deontay Johnson's return has as big of an impact, I I look at the Rams secondary and there's just not a, like, a lot of headliner names that kind of stand out when you're talking league-wide. It's going to have to come from uh pretty much old guard names like we know, like Aaron Donald. And we're going to see if the Steelers, do they play Broderick Jones? Do they have James Daniels back to full health? And we've had our center, Mason Cole, kind of playing below the line as well. Briar Muth hasn't been out there, but the tight ends haven't been targeted much as well. I think our third round pick, garnell washington also georgia kind of could be a sixth offensive lineman in a lot of cases a very large guy who has been termed if you're not familiar with this mount washington is what you kind Mm -hmm. of see over uh with the bridges and stuff when you look at the scoreboard and you see the stadium shot at what's now accresure stadium formerly Field. we hate the Mm -hmm. name accresure stadium here
1: but (laughs) that's rough (laughs) but he
0: hasn't been involved much in the passing game firemuth not so much either um Oh, I did have his statistics up, and I uh, pull it up. But I want to say, I don't want to get. I have him in fantasy, guessing. so
1: I know it's not much. I know it's not yeah, much.
0: Yeah, <laughs> you're waiting. You're waiting for a breakout. I mean, he's been um, he's been targeted only thirteen times, eight receptions, fifty three yards so far um, uh, this season. So it's been kind of a letdown with Pat Fryermeier. So. Uh, Where that source has to come from? I don't know. We really want the one-two punch of Najee Harris and Jalen Warren in the run game. Kenny Pickett was not very sharp to start this season. Looks like he gets better, especially as the games go on. So how do you view the Rams defense up against what has been a very bottom-feeding, seller-dwelling Steelers offense?
1: Yeah, well, I'll just say, oh Canada, right? That's that. That's what everyone loves talking about out there. I'm sure, but um, well, but yeah, as you
0: I, as you say that though, you complained about Sean McVay too. So everybody just thinks everything's peachy keen across all teams. I think every fan base and every analyst and critic has something to say about their own team.
1: Hundred <laughs> percent. I say that actually all the time. Like it, it's very in my opinion, I think it's healthy for me that I cover four teams. Cause I see so many different avenues and I'm also a fan of others. I'm going to get into this, but I'm from Denver, Colorado originally. So mm, mm. We, don't, we need to talk about the dumpster fire over there, but like <laughs> that's where, so I basically have five teams to kind of pick from and see. And so it's so true. Like every team has their, no team is perfect. No play calling is perfect. No great head coach. Is perfect. You know, we have a lot of, I know a ton of Niner fans and they're always complaining about Kyle Shanahan. So the grass isn't always greener, but it probably is a little greener than what's going on over in the Steel City, I'm sure. But, oh, yeah. Um, yeah. You know, this defense, I think I won't, I don't want to just keep repeating this, but it's better than expected. And it's a young group. I think what they did well, Joe, in this, in this roster construction or tear down, if you will, this soft season is they made sure they still had one elite player at every level. So you have obviously Aaron Donald, the great former pit product at the defensive line, Ernest Jones at the linebacker position. They drafted two years ago who's really come into his own is one of the top backers uh, in the, not just the conference, but I think the league. And that's why they felt comfortable with letting Bobby Wagner walk after this big contract. And then on the back end, Jordan Fuller, who they drafted at Ohio state two years ago um, as a sixth round safety. And he was injured all last year. So everyone kind of forgot about him, but he's come back and is playing at that elite level that he did as a rookie when he sees that job as a sixth round pick. So they were able to get those key pieces at each level. And then they add in you know, some free agents, as we already alluded to, Akella Witherspoon, and then it's just a lot of youth. You got Byron Young as a rookie edge rusher. You got Toby, Kobe Turner as a rookie interior guy next to Aaron Donald. You have Kobe Durant as a rookie slot guy at corner. You have all these really young players. Um, oh, not to mention, they, they brought back John Johnson on the back, as well as some, some vet presence there. So, you know, it's, it's a unit, I think, that's played really well. Their one, I think, probably shortcoming is edge pressure. I mentioned Byron Young, who's played well as a rookie, but is just a rookie. He was a third round pick. So he's not, you know, he's not a Von Miller type going second overall or anything. So still needs something out of him. And on the other side there, they have a guy named Michael Hoyt, who didn't even used to play edge. They moved him there out of necessity due to injury last season toward the end of the year. And then he's trained at that all off season. And is their now starting edge guy who plays admirably, but just doesn't quite have the talent level to truly set the edge and, and bring that presence there. So that is definitely their, their Achilles heel so if the Steelers and Najee Harris and, and the running game are able to attack those edges, that's where I think this Steelers team is going to be able to, you know, get their bread this Sunday. Um, if the Rams though can hold their own and kind of use stunts, you know, coach Henderson is their defensive line coach. I think one of the best in the business, I'm shocked. He's not a D coordinator yet, but I'm sure it will be soon, but they run a lot of stunts with Aaron Donald knowing he's going to get double and triple teams, but then it forces running backs and quarterbacks to funnel to the outside where then they have Ernest Jones or whatever waiting for them as that QB spy. So it'd be really interesting to see. See how they draw things up to kind of force their hand uh but if i'm the steelers i'm definitely attacking those edges specifically on the left side while hoyt lines up uh will probably be their their best bet
0: that sounds uh sounds like you've got more maybe put more thought into this than matt canada <laughs> would put any best i know a lot of people like uh really roast them it's it's tough and i don't defend the guy whatsoever uh, things just aren't clicking. There's been so much newness, tor- turmoil. You deal with injuries, et cetera, and every team's got to deal with that. It's just uh, – it does seem sometimes that he's um, a fish out of water. Uh, Kobe Durant, obviously, was a player that uh, definitely came to mind. He was spoken of a lot here during the draft mm-hmm. process the year before, and the Steelers, obviously, they added Joey Porter. Um Also had uh, Corey Trace, who ended up on IR. He was a seventh round pick from Purdue. So the Steelers added Darius Rush, who was also uh, a teammate of um, uh, Durant's back at South Carolina, which is interesting now because I wanted to ask you covering the other LA teams. The Steelers uh, parted ways with Desmond King, who they picked up off of kind of like, I don't know this i i don't want to call it the trash heap and disrespect any players but he was released Mm. by the chargers as well during the off season so i just kind of wanted your input on that because it seems like now hey there's two different teams here that have just been like well desmond king just isn't quite a fit and it just kind of goes to the larger picture of does the steelers organization know what they're doing here you know what i mean and i just wanted your input on that because it to me it felt like a player of his caliber he's 28 years old he's been around the league for quite some time kind of bouncing around different um uh different teams now from the texans the titans and then uh with the with the the chargers before that Do you have any uh any kind of opinion is he kind of just done as far as being a a pro athlete in NFL caliber corner or maybe he just wasn't the right fit in Pittsburgh in the teams before
1: yeah it kind of feels that way I mean you never know uh I mean we see a Keller with a that was on what three teams before now finding a true home I think the same age 28 right and finding a home now with the Rams and is playing really well so you never know if that can happen and that's probably why the Steelers went after him you know a guy that had a good early career drafted by the chargers, I believe out of Iowa, I want to say, um, and, and had some really good years. And then just kind of what, what his problem was without diving too deep into, you know, schematically and what is, but he was a real kind of boomer bust corner. And he played mostly in the slot back when he was at the chargers and, you know, would have some great, great games kind of got one of those nicknames that everyone likes to call every, every slot person the slot god, uh and, and played really well. That he'd have games where he just got torched and burned, and and stuff like that. And he he also was heavily involved in special teams, and then you know w- wasn't quite earning his keep in that regard as well. So, you know, there's still talent there. Obviously, when you have some good years in the NFL, I don't think it just full on dissipates, but you know, it's now he's had his shots at a few different organizations and it hasn't worked out. He wasn't able to strike that iron that he had early on. And so it's, it's not going to be easy. I, I don't think he's necessarily a top candidate to go after as you just alluded to, but you never know. You may be getting a Keller weather's through and Resurgence, but, um, you know, it's going to be tough for him to kind of get back to that point after having so many failed attempts since that early kind of good breakout uh, to his young career.
0: Yeah, and it was a little awkward, too. I know the Steelers, by necessity, were having him return kicks in. I'm trying to think if he was doing punt return, too. But typically, Mike Tomlin does not place his defensive backs in that type of role. He was inactive after joining the team. And now that they have uh, Anthony McFarland potentially coming back from injured reserve, it's kind of like, well, where else are we going to place this guy? on the field and they saw an opportunity to pluck rush who's now on his third nfl roster as a rookie which is kind of odd drafted by the Mm -hmm. colts was on the practice squad of the chiefs i don't know that i get too excited over something like that but hey you never know uh maybe a better fit maybe maybe misused in some other cases and obviously the Chiefs saw something if they at least had him on the practice squad there but uh just a little bit of um I don't know. Do you have any other kind of notes as far as any offensive or defensive matchups? Maybe I'm trying to think of anything else that might, we might not have covered otherwise just a little bit of bookkeeping. I'll go over here as far as uh, game time and where to watch and where to listen.
1: Yeah, no, I think we I think we hit most of it. Um, you know, I I've said and I'll say it again, like if this Rams team runs the football and commits to it 25 plus times regardless of who the running back is, I think they have a good shot. If the Steelers, you know, really attack that left side of the defensive line, I think that offense can move the ball uh somewhat against this defense and and we'll see obviously what the Darren Kendrick situation looks like out here in LA if he's a go or not. But um yeah, I think as long as for one thing we didn't really talk about, I think is the Steelers pass rush. Uh, I know we talk about the defensive line, but not necessarily the oh, pass yeah. rush, you know, with obviously the great TJ Watton and who else you guys have on the defensive line. And so when you look at play design and what Sean McVay should do, and he's a lot smarter than me, but you know, what I would do is obviously commit to the run to take the pressure off and force the, the trenches to play physical, but also get the ball out of Stafford's hand quickly. You know, a lot of play design in this offense can be long developing plays. And they can work a lot of times, but it also makes Matthew Stafford very susceptible to taking big hits. Even if he's not sacked, he gets hit a lot in that pocket because of just the length of these play designs that take and getting Cooper cup and Puka Nakua 17, 18, 19 yards down the field. So. When you have a caliber player like T.J. Watt, you know, we'd love to see a lot more of these jet sweep motions, a lot more of these, you know, short dig routes, little out routes, little comebackers that they can at least move the football quickly and keep Matthew Stafford, you know, clean in the pocket and not taking a big hit. So that just would be the last thing I'd look for. If the Rams offense is able to do that, that would. Oh, well for them
0: <laughs> yeah good pickup i don't always like when i have a guest to just brag about you know Steelers, Steelers, Steelers. but tj watt and alex highsmith are the only duo um yeah. that are in the top 10 heading into last week anyways and maybe still holds true even during the bye with the most amount of quarterback hits and pressures and of course uh in the last game they each had a sack watt had two against the ravens uh two pass deflections he's always knocking the ball down at the line of scrimmage he could be a guy that even just ends up with the ball hard to believe but tj watt could pick people off as well and then of course he forced a fumble uh, or he had a fumble recovery that was forced by alex highsmith so alex highsmith um actually pops on a lot of radars as an underrated player he kind of flies under the radar of a a lot of folks, and mainly because you have such a big star uh, on this Steelers defense, such as a TJ Watt, he, he really does overshadow Alex Highsmith would look probably like a lot bigger name uh if he were on a different roster and it were only him doing some of the work. But at the same time, does he get the same kind of accolades if TJ Watt isn't on the other side? So it kind of plays hand in hand. Oh, uh, it's yep. you know a double-edged sword there. Uh, just um, a little bit of housekeeping too, in case yourself, Ryan, that you're watching this maybe at home. I thought about going to SoFi Stadium myself. Uh, but 4:05 Eastern kickoff. Craig Rolstad is the referee. I have nothing against Craig Rolstad. At least it's not john Hussey and a few of these other crews that i've seen out there that have been like really really bad through it. I, I try not to say too much about officiating but sometimes you just can't help it it's just been it's it's been poor in some cases so um this game's on fox it is in the late window uh, for the folks watching at home if you are in Obviously, Pittsburgh area throughout much of the Northeast and even into parts of the Midwest, Ohio, West Virginia, and Virginia, you're gonna catch this game. It's in the blue here on the map, courtesy of 506 sports.com. And then of course, over there in Southern California, aside from oddly enough, Sandy uh, well, maybe not San Diego, oddly enough. I think maybe they're playing in the same window. I don't have it. I do have it up. Who is the the green? Oh, they're gonna get the uh, they get the Raiders. So uh Raiders and Bears. Oof. Yeah, 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 that's a
1: for them. That's a that's a rough one to have to watch. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I love how I love how a little bit of memphis gets the steelers uh rams game yeah, just randomly yeah. over there
0: <laughs> it's always yeah the steelers have some odd pockets you could even see it down in the southern florida down there too oh, like yeah. in the miami area uh but for the most part you know if you're used to seeing the steelers if you're in the afc north coverage area with browns and bengals you're in uh even the colts you're going to end up getting this game otherwise you end up with the um lions and ravens in the early window it seems like cbs has the double header this week so oh and i shall mention for some of the folks that may be listening over on sirius xm radio steelers call is on 135 or 386 rams call on uh 83 or 226 so that'll about wrap it uh up for us thank you ryan and uh, tell us where we could find you you know over at the believe podcasts and the um la football podcast and all the other places that you seem to be Spread around. You seem like you wear very many hats, even though I'm the only one wearing one right now.
1: (laughs) Yeah lot of, a lot of virtual and invisible hats, I guess. But, uh, uh, no, Joe, thanks so much for having me on. It was a pleasure. Um, but yeah, you know, lafbnetwork.com is our website where all of our content lives. Um, we have, you know, we're on YouTube, lafbnetwork, or all of our team channels, Rams, lafb charters, lafb, so on and so forth. Um, all of our social handlers are lafb network. So really easy to find And Myself is Ryan, DiRude, lafb. So if for whatever reason, anyone has any inkling for LA football, uh, that's where to find us. I know a lot of Steelers fans live in the Los Angeles area so I'm sure we run into each other anyway we are going to do our tailgate takeover show for this one so we'll be at SoFi bright and early perusing the tailgates playing some games uh, interviewing fans both Rams and Steeler fans and you know probably handing out some free drinks so maybe we'll see it SoFi.
0: yeah pretty cool uh, I wish I was heading out there man it was just um, logistically to it, same thing happened for me where i would have to fly out of like no direct flights like and some of your smaller carriers just aren't going into lax so you have to go orange county or you have to go like an hour away and i'm like why would i do that so one of these days i'm going to get out there though yeah definitely check them out there's definitely a lot of folks uh, a lot of the various. Steelers fan groups that are having tailgates that are out there and also check those out too folks if you happen to be listening and you're looking for that or uh, just tune in it'll be a lot more fun watching you Ryan on Sunday than it will be uh maybe some of these pre shows <laughs> I get bored you know you have somebody just stand there with the microphone and like five hours before kickoff in an empty stadium there's just not a whole lot especially for a mm-hmm. game that's in the like the later window for the eastern time zone so we'll see uh, as far as keys for the Steelers, you said a lot for the Rams, but all I really got is, is that they're usually slow starters after the buy and they don't necessarily have the best of success. Mike Tomlin team seem to not wake up playing those West Coast times, and those West Coast trips, and it's already, uh, what is this? They have three or four of them on deck so far uh, this season, so they'd already gone out to Vegas for one game i'm trying to actually think and of course i closed the the schedule i was like i thought they already had maybe two of these they always i I can't say that they have like the greatest success yeah they hosted the niners i guess the texans aren't a west coast trip it's a it's a flight so Mm -hmm. but the steelers you know this is a team that uh like last year i don't think they left the eastern time zone so this is a lot of change for them so we'll see if they wake up and um Hopefully they don't get like punched in the mouth right away and have a slow start on offense. They're going to need to be a little bit faster and show that they are committed to making changes. Mike Tomlin said they are committed to making changes. Hopefully they have all of the rookies that end up playing in this game, have an impact start. Joey Porter jr. Start Broderick Jones. And we got another dude on the defensive line from Wisconsin named Keanu Benton, who was the 48th or 49th pick overall. That's made an impact. I've been banging my fist for all of that. If you'd like to hear a little bit more about what we'd like the Steelers to do to keep that momentum through the bye week check out myself and uh, one of my other usual cohorts, Brian e. Roach from our show earlier this week. Otherwise be sure to tune in and check out uh, Ryan over on the LA football podcast uh, on Sunday. It sounds like they'll have some really cool stuff and you'll be able to needle some people, but there's not like a real big rivalry or anything that like, kind of has these teams stick together. There's no real history, especially mm-hmm. other than back when they were the St. Louis Rams, the field caught on fire. So <laughs> that's about the only <laughs> yeah. thing you can really bring up. They don't, um, they don't usually run in, um, uh, run in their own, uh, in circles w- between each other. Uh, Mike Tomlin is four and O, uh, against. The LA Rams, I guess that's the only thing, and that's only by virtue of, that. you know, he's uh, been coaching for a long time, so he's won the past four. Otherwise, I was trying to see Sean McVay. Oh, it said Sean McVay. Oh, somebody from NFL has got this wrong then. Mike Tomlin can't be 4-0. Have they faced each other? Yeah, they faced each other. Mike Tomlin versus Sean McVay? Had to have, because so. it says McVay is yeah. 1-0, so versus opponents. <laughs> Somebody's got this wrong on the media printout. There has to be something wrong there yeah. so i'm gonna leave it at something's that off yeah something's definitely off you can't be one and oh and then the other guys four and oh against the same team so anyway yeah. i'll leave it at that ryan thanks for joining us and folks don't forget to like comment subscribe leave a rating or review wherever you're watching or listening from we appreciate you once again my name is joe kuzma ryan DiRude, over from the la football podcast and the believe podcast network until next time we encourage everyone out there to be safe be good and we'll catch you later